that. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Let's get our new our theme song here. When these dads meet world, watching boy meets world. We grew up on the show, now we have kids and host a podcast. We watch each episode and then share our thoughts and grades. When these dads meet world. They want you to take the roles. They do. They want you to take the roles. And uh, good looking people, welcome back. It's officially season four of uh, Dad's Meet World and Boy Meets World. And uh, it's been a few a little bit since we chatted, Brett. So how the heck are you? What's new? And are you excited about the Super Bowl? Well, let's see. Uh, how the heck am I? I'm doing okay. Uh, what's new? It's been it has been a couple of weeks since we recorded. Um, we uh nothing huge new here nothing well uh our youngest is doing karate so that's always fun to watch every saturday a bunch of little seven eight nine year olds doing karate that's always fun for you an know, hour karate really fits with him like when you said that to me it took me a moment but i went no no that seems right for him so <laughs> I'm really glad that's the case. It does, and he's got he's got some real natural skill at it. Uh, you know, he's Good. he's it, it's taken him a little bit to get the discipline part down, but he is getting there. But he's got some real natural talent for it. And the older Good. two, the uh, the spring musical is underway as far as rehearsals and everything. Everybody's nice. going to be kicking footloose, so. God, Things are trucking along loose, here. Yeah, yeah. So what about you? What's Sunday uh, shoes? Sorry. <laughs> what's what's new in the last couple of weeks in the uh, in your world? Okay, since we've last recorded, uh, literally our family has just been down with all sorts of sicknesses that we can't even explain at all. Like, uh, I think I may have mentioned that Henry had RSV, which just really messed him up. And, um, each of us were dealing with some form of a cold or some sort of sickness. So we've been all over the place and up and down and mucus and all sorts of sneezing and coughing and, we're like all finally starting to feel better like we even took a walk today it was really nice and so i'm hoping that all of us are feeling better but who knows you know we could wake, <laughs> wake up tomorrow and we all have the flu you just never know right now so very true yeah we passed something around our house for a few times so. yeah so Brett, i think we need to discuss but... this we need to discuss this now before we don't discuss it because I think it's important. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift's going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> May maybe, maybe. I mean, she does have that that uh, tour shop she, in yeah. Japan the day before, so she does. Wait, we're so, we're recording this the night before the Super Bowl, so she is in Japan. At the moment, yes. So. <laughs> by by the time that we have already, you know, re released and all that jazz, uh, no, we'll already know if she's made the Super Bowl and who's actually won the Super Bowl. But uh, yes, yes, you know what? 
at this point, we have to discuss the fact that, uh, how do I say this, Brett? People have taken the whole two people dating each other who are both famous way too far. Like, I have heard so many crazy theories about what's going to happen at the Super Bowl and ways that the NFL is going to rig the game so that way the Chiefs are going to win. Listen, the NFL already is going to rig the game for the Chiefs to win. They don't need it for a political thing. It's just going to happen anyway because the NFL likes their dynasty and they're going to force their dynasty to happen. They've already done it before. They'll do it again. So... I don't know, Brett. I, I'm like, I want a good game, but also nervous that this is going to be a bad game. Aka, the Chiefs are going to win no matter what you know the 49ers do. Mm-hmm. Um, I jokingly said the other day, like you know, I think the only fair way for this game to go is for uh, Patrick Holmes to not be allowed to throw the ball for like the whole game. Because that's what Brock Purdy had to deal with in the NFC Championship game. So let's see if he can actually beat them without being able to throw. And, you know, we'll see what happens. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I'm hoping for a good game. But, uh, yeah, I still believe in the the Travis and Swifty relationship. I hope it goes well. (laughs) You'll be there while he's making his heart shape in in the end zone. I mean, here's what I'll say. I really don't want the Chiefs to win because uh, I'm over their whole dynasty run and everything. I like Andy Reid. I like Travis Kelsey. I can't stand Mahomes. I can't stand him and his whole grouping. He and has people been and, quite insufferable at times this year. Like, if he would just say, I'm the best NFL player or I'm the best quarterback and just own the fact that he can do things that other people can't do. Terrific. Like I've seen interviews come out since Tom Brady's retired and him being like, I knew I was the best. I acted every single day. Like I was the best. I went out. I worked hard every single day. It's like, well, dang it, Tom. Why didn't you tell us that? Like, why weren't you more (laughs) just coming out going? Yeah. You know, I know we're going to go out and we're going to beat these guys. Not, well, you know, the other team, they work really hard. And, you know, we don't take any team for granted, blah, 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 blah. Baloney, just say, I'm the best quarterback. I am the best one here. You need to come after me. I'm going to overthrow everybody. I, You don't got a shot, you know. I wish these guys would just own the fact of who they are and be more <laughs> of the person in the locker room outside. Stop making this whole imaging thing, you know, like. The only person I for sure believe going into the Super Bowl is themselves, both in the locker room, outside, and public, is Travis Kelsey. That's the only guy I believe is real. Mm. Everyone else, I think, is full of baloney. But (laughs) speaking of baloney, Brett, we need to address some baloney in this episode. So let's get into that synopsis and let's deal with this nonsense. All right, let's do that. Good looking people. We are starting season four with the first episode you can go home again nearing the end of last season's summer road trip Corey agrees to a final pit stop without realizing that eric intends to make it a permanent one because he feels there's nothing for him back home meanwhile winning winning a company award makes alan consider whether or not he's really happy with his current employment as a supermarket manager 
This episode, written by a couple of mainstays we've come very familiar with. Mark Blutman and Howard Busgang, directed by yeah. Jeff McCracken. Yeah. Originally aired September 20th, 1996, and currently enjoys an IMDb rating of 8.2. Now, we didn't really talk uh, before we started recording. Do we want to keep going with vast emotional damage this year? Well, I mean... All it's going to do is annoy me, so if you want to see me a little on the annoyed side, Brett. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like it's run its course, so. <laughs> I mean, um, you know my reaction, Brett. They're killing it. They're trying to kill it. <laughs> well, honestly, I, I, I think the whole, the whole vast emotional damage game so thing, is it's run its course for me. So I think we'll just <sighs> dive into the, the Nielsen numbers. I was like, what is the number, Brett? Yes. Uh, we ended 80. last season with a 12.2 uh, I know, rating. I'm so annoyed about that. Uh, we did pick up a little bit for this season premiere with a 13.1 million share. Why? Why? <laughs> what else are you doing on a Friday night, 90s people? Oh, <sighs> Give yeah. me one second. So, anywho, Brett. 90s people, I don't get you. I mean, I will say, I can't confirm right now if my family is watching at this time, but I have to imagine we were. So come on, people. <laughs> now, I will say one thing before we dive in. I was supposed to share this on our season wrap up, and I completely forgot for last season. But I did figure out roughly where Boy Meets World is taking place in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah? Yes. There is a, a, a suburb, an area of the Philadelphia area, if you will, a, a suburb by the name of Roxborough that fits geographically within some of these markers that they've thrown out, specifically... Uh, when Corey and Sean are one on the, well, when Sean wants to hop on uh, Jonathan's bike at the end of last season and head out to that truck stop. But uh, I did some detective work at the end of last season and figured out that Boy Meets World is most likely taking place in Roxborough, which is still Philadelphia proper, but it's really a, a Philly suburb. And uh, to get into the city downtown, we're going to be taking public transportation. Yeah. But I keep forgetting to bring that up, so I wanted to get that out there on record before Roxborough I forgot it. Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Like, when I say I lived in Pittsburgh, I didn't live downtown Pittsburgh. I lived in a suburb on the outskirts of Pittsburgh. So mm -hmm. I get it. Yep. I mean, and it's still I would meet, I'm assuming this would happen with you too, but. I'd meet people in college and they said, oh, yeah, I'm from Philly. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then it's like, well, I don't actually live in Philly. I live, you know, mm. on the outskirts. It's oh, like, yeah. Doesn't mean a difference to me. Yeah. If And nowadays, if I, if I tell someone, you know, I run into someone from another state, I meet, you know, from Ohio, you know, I, where are you from? You know, Cuyahoga Falls. Okay, where is that? Um I'm from Akron. Okay, I'm not from Akron, but they know where Akron is, and I'm next door. 
or I'm mm-hmm. from the Cleveland area. Okay, I'm 40 minutes from, okay, 25, 30 minutes from Cleveland Center. Hey, but I'm close who's driving. enough that, yeah, it depends on who's driving. But on a clear day, I can hit with proper speeds. I can hit Cleveland City Center in about 30 minutes, give or take. So, you know, I'm not technically a suburb of Cleveland, but I'm close enough that I can tell someone I'm from the Cleveland area. So, yeah. <laughs> But that's all I've got. So uh, I'll turn the reins over to you to take us away. Okay. I'm now super curious about this Roxborough, but (laughs) I will remove that from my uh, thought process. But uh, yeah, uh, for the good looking people out there, I think it's a good thing for us to discuss the fact that we had kind of our reset last year. Normally our reset happens on the first episode of the season, but this is the first time we're really the stuff from the last episode, the last couple episodes really impacted these episodes moving forward. Um, I mean, Corey and Eric go off on their adventure and Sean and his dad goes on an adventure and Topanga goes off to, uh, camp, but really who they are transitioning into this time period is still the same more than it has been before. I would say that, you know, season two was similar at the end, but when Corey came back, he was completely neurotic and wearing vests. So like he completely 180 truly became that version of that more, erotic character um but really Corey, who he was last year is who he is now the only difference is he's like an extra foot tall <laughs> <laughs> like where eric used to make a bunch of short jokes now they're looking at each other yeah <laughs> he shot up uh also, I could be wrong, but sometimes I think they have Eric stand a little further away from Corey because if they're looking at each other really Corey's starting to look down <laughs> at Eric. Yeah, um, Ben's, Ben's really caught up to Will. Uh-huh. I noticed a little bit more this season that they tend to have Corey sitting in certain areas and certain spots and trying to make him not look as tall. So. so let's get into this episode, Brett. I guess let's stop with the caveats and the good-looking people just want to know what happened. Give us your, your thoughts, dads, and here we go. Uh, we continue, uh, with the road trip. We see, uh, Eric's crappy beat up car driving on the road. And again, I cannot believe that that vehicle was able to go all over the country, but (laughs) that's what they said. So they made cars differently 30 years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so we have Corey, uh, with a tape recorder giving, uh, an update to Topanga. Apparently he's been. Uh, recording himself and sending recordings to her, um, which is just such a 90s thing to do. Like, we would just call each other now. Like, you know, Sarah and I were long distance for most of our dating years. We talked every single day. We were texting all the time. Like, even if we weren't together, we were still able to communicate with each other. So times have changed. Yep, record a cassette, drop it in the mail, send it off. And apparently this is 
we're we're getting into cassette number seven or cassette recorder number seventeen because I I have to wonder how many has Eric thrown out the window. Yeah, it's just so funny because he's they're talking about how uh, Corey's saying the how uh, Eric is getting ornery and Eric's like, "Hey, Topanga, it's Eric. I don't know why he thinks I'm so ornery. I just had to listen to him talk about you through every single state over the last two months. <laughs> and speaking of the road, here it is." their banter is great (laughs) it really is i mean you you feel like these two have actually had time together just them and really creating their own dialogue their own time of just you know no one's distracting them it's just been the two of them creating memories and they're probably at the wits end with each other like it's been great hanging out with you spending time with you but I think I need to spend at least 10 days away from you and not seeing your face. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't, I'm going to be punching your face. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is such a sibling thing to do. So <clears throat> apparently every place they've gone to, uh, Corey has thought of Topanga at the White House. Apparently he thought about Chelsea, uh, the daughter of the president at the time. Uh, she also has a desk at the space, uh, the Kennedy Space Center. Topanga's favorite movie is Apollo uh, 13. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Apparently, uh, he was looking at Teddy Roosevelt's lips and thinking about Topanga's. That was out loud. What did you say? something about you out to panged me but i'm not seeing oh you've to panged me to death man <laughs> uh yes yeah. so and you get the feeling also that they've been kind of just wherever they're at they'll just pull over and see like the world's biggest whatever or mm-hmm. if there's like some statues of some form eric will pull over to the side of the road so they can take a picture with it uh and we see a sign apparently that says potts town and it's the world's largest yogurt cup. And yep. uh, Eric is all about it. And he is ready to go see this world's biggest uh, cup. And uh, Corey reveals that uh, he wants to go home. And the only problem is, Brett, is apparently he's run out of pants. Yes. And, and so... Uh... <laughs> it's one thing to be to run out of underwear and go commando, but Corey's taking a bold stance by going no pants. I want yeah. some pants. <laughs> I want to go home. I want you in pants. Uh, yeah, it's, well, you okay? They didn't stop at any point and wash some clothes. Like, this is the part of the whole independently driving around for two months that they might not have thought everything through. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have established before, Brett, that most likely Alan and Amy were really footing the bill for this adventure. And yes, Corey and uh, Eric did have their own money attached to this as well. But it does make sense that laundry was not a priority for them to be up cleaning up mm-hmm. on you know doing uh consistently so uh but yes eric wants to go see the giant uh yogurt cup and then apparently there's also a sprinkle parade that he 
has to go find out about. Oh yes, um, all kinds of. Stuff and I even love how he, he he's got uh, Corey in front of the big pink spoon. He says, "Say big pink spoon." <laughs> Corey says it <laughs> so crumpily. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> That yogurt cup is pretty sweet. I'm curious if it's hollow or if they were just plopped down a big, big cup and just painted it. Yeah. Well, and maybe we should just talk about this now, Brett, before we get to the next section, which is there is a Pottstown in Pennsylvania. It is like 45. No, Pottstown is real. Pottsville is also real, but Pottsville is different. <laughs> yes. Pottstown is about 45 minutes away from Philadelphia. Pottsville is actually closer to my neck of the woods, mm-hmm. but still does not have a giant yogurt cup. I have no idea where this whole <laughs> giant yogurt cup idea came. There are plenty of places to pull over three hours away from <laughs> Uh, Philadelphia. The Little League World Series takes place about three hours away from Philadelphia. Like, there's so many things. College, State College, where Penn State, where Penn State plays, the Nittany Lion. You know, there's plenty of things down that way of statues and paintings that you could have gone and stopped by. But for whatever reason, the writers decided this make believe thing of the giant. Uh, yogurt cup for some reason that's the thing they decided to do and also the sprinkle parade is not a real thing so (laughs) sorry to bring my deep dives immediately into this but (laughs) it's now one of those things similar to uh when we did pre-union i've been thinking about this episode for a while and i forget that i keep looking up about the whole yogurt cup and sprinkles and now i'm just annoyed about it and it's like why why did we even do these things (laughs) Uh, because in these other places you wouldn't get Corey in that really ridiculously large hat or the glasses <laughs> or the I not disagree. one size fits all yogurt pants yeah well Brett we get to our next uh, storyline because Corey and Eric are together so they have the A storyline Yes, they do. it's weird <laughs> Uh, so who, who Brett should have the B plot? Well, it's Alan and Amy. Alan uh, yes. is up for the, uh, grossy for store manager of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently this is something that some companies do and, uh, he's all suited up all fancy and Amy's wearing a nice pretty dress and right before they're about to leave Topanga and a Sean walk in. Yep, they're ready so for Perry. Corey to get home, and yep, Topanga's going based off of his last tape that she received. Yeah, so they're they're, they're gonna wait. they want to wait, and uh, <laughs> Al and Amy aren't really comfortable with that, which is fair. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think Topanga gets the hint, but Sean couldn't care less because the septic in the uh, trailer park is bad right now, so. He's he really wants a nice warm shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, it's a hot bath. You're right. Um, <laughs> I like how he's like, huh, you're still in a bad mood. Yeah, we noticed that we were taking our when we were getting our free samples the other day. He was like, Hank, you bring your own toothpicks. Doesn't make it a free sample. <laughs> we'll take our business elsewhere. <laughs> yes. Uh, so 
<laughs> we go back, and this is probably the part of the episode <clears throat> that makes me kind of, I don't know, it makes me feel weird, Brett. Because um, we meet a, a woman, um, and it's not showing up on here what her name is, but I'm assuming is, you have her IMDb. Yes, ready to this go. is Irene. Uh, she's Irene. played by, yes, Marissa Ryan. First and only time that we'll see her in Boy Meets World. 51 acting credits on her resume. Uh, Major Dad, The Pretender, The Practice, Riding in Cars with Boys, Law and Order SVU, The Original Law and Order, uh, Wet Hot American Summer Franchise, and more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Irene was a very interesting character for us in this episode. Right. Like, she just, she talks down to herself so much. Like, oh, a city boy like you, I would imagine you wouldn't want to be around us, you know hillbilly girl like me essentially and i'm not valuable enough to be in a relationship with you and just the way she talks about herself just breaks my heart because i know there's people out there that believe that of themselves that they're not valuable and that they're just small town quote-unquote white trash but that's just not true everyone Mm -hmm. has value everyone has beauty um and I hate the fact that this person was just talking down to herself so much. Like Eric was like doing charity by going on a date with her. Um, so yeah, I just, yeah, I, I hated the way that that interaction was going down. I liked all the other people cause I thought that they fit the bill of not really that <laughs> intelligent, but happy go lucky. But it felt like Irene was just like stuck and didn't know how to not be there. Yeah, there's there's self deprecating, and then there's just that step beyond where it's self deprecating where it's humorous, and then there's that step beyond where it's where you feel really bad for the person. And Irene took that step beyond it into where you really do feel bad for her the way that she's characterized. Yep, but uh, apparently uh, they inform Corey that there is. Another world's largest yogurt cup in Burlick, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Five miles away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which, again, sorry, everyone, but Burlick is also not a place in Pennsylvania. Berwick <laughs> is, and that's very different. Um, again, I don't know why they just kind of made up a name out of nowhere. It doesn't make a lick of sense. Like, And Berwick is nowhere near there, so... Do better <laughs> writers from the 90s who no longer work on this show. It's almost 30 years old. So, yeah. So, Eric is, like, essentially adopting this place as his now place. Like, yeah, he's, he's already people. looking at this place as his, his, his place, his people. He's already decided Irene is his girlfriend, and they haven't even gone on a first date yet. Yeah. But this show has showed us that it's very weird when it comes to interactions with boys and girls and what is a boyfriend and girlfriend pairing. So, like, the amount of times we describe Eric as having so many girlfriends but never a long-term one, mm-hmm. it's just annoying. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> anywho, C- Corey's at the uh, Sprinkle Parade... <laughs> Which apparently is just people throwing sprinkles into the eyes of people, you know, walking by. Which is a horrible way to 
experience a parade. Especially when you don't have public warnings of wear goggles. <laughs> yeah. Corey's the only fool sitting there, eyes wide open. Everyone else has got goggles on. My eyes. <laughs> yes, we go back to the Matthews house, Brett, and uh, Alan apparently is the Grossy Award-winning uh, Alan Matthews Manager of the Year. So yes, Grossy, the height of year. his profession. He has yes. achieved it. Um, <coughs> I mean, let's. This is going to get us into a topic, Brett, that I don't know if we're fully, fully ready to get there. But, like, there is another level to from manager of a store to above that. Um, mm -hmm. That Alan is probably getting to the point where he's qualified to make that jump. And I'm sure for him, it's like, is that what I really want? Like, do I want to continue being a manager and do I want to go beyond being a manager? Like, is that what my real desire is? Um, I mean, take a corporate gig, man. Just take it. <laughs> <laughs> Sell out. Um, uh, but yes, we learned that apparently. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> apparently, uh, Alan just started working a summer job and just kept getting promoted. And while he was trying to figure out his life, he just kept working and kept moving up. Um, mm -hmm. now we know that he worked, he was in the Navy, um, but his stint in the Navy, I don't think was very long, but he served his time and probably had a job already lot. Like he was already made clear to him when you come back, you'll have a job here. So he was like, gosh, sure. I'll just go back there and I'll just keep working. And I know what I'm supposed to do. And it's easy work. <laughs> um, yeah, but this is the first time we hear that Alan doesn't actually like his job and doesn't know if he wants to keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, we've we had some shades of, you know, maybe some seeds last year during um, during career day where Alan is realizing that his career is maybe not as exciting as some others. You know, we, we might have seen mm -hmm. some seeds there, but. I mean, this is really existential crisis for Alan, where he's getting to that point in his life where he's got two teenagers. One's leaving the nest. He's got a younger daughter who's going to be about to hit that preteen years. Alan is pretty much set for midlife crisis time. Yeah. And so this is the this is an ideal time for him to look and realize. Is this really where I imagined I would be? 20 years ago is this really what yep. i want out of life and it's a very real and very relatable place for someone who is in that place in life to find themselves yeah no i agree completely i, I mean you could argue that in season one episode two they hinted at this but i always had the feeling at the beginning it was just a you know i'd much rather just be spending time with my kids than working <laughs> like bah. i have to work i don't have a choice <laughs> yeah i think that's yeah um, i think you're right i think that's a little bit different but yeah 
Yeah. No, but I, I think it's fair for Alan now to be questioning that. Like, he literally is a child down. Another one is going to graduate soon. And then he's got the other one. And, you know, there is a difference. I felt this myself of when your child starts referring to your job and, and what, you know, your career is and how that impacts you. Mm-hmm. Um because I've had jobs now that he's been super proud of and super happy about and jobs that he doesn't realize are not the most proudest jobs to have, but he thinks, well, dad does it. So that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep. uh, so while they're having this uh, starting this existential crisis conversation, um, Sean walks down in Alan's robe. <laughs> After destroying their nice, I'm assuming, Sean, <laughs> since he has Alan's robe on, he was in Alan and Amy's nice jetted tub that they put in last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which he says is disgusting. So he blew up their tub. He's stolen Alan's robe. Alan's in the midst yeah. of this existential crisis. Night ruined. <laughs> what a yeah. cap. Could I have my robe back? Hey, I'm naked under here. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Yes, oh, but yeah. we go back, Brett, to uh, the saddest place on earth, apparently, and uh, Corey's grumpy because he's in a hotel, a motel room, and he's only three hours away from home. Which mm-hmm. I gotta say, when you hit, like, when you're on a long road trip, when you're like two to three hours away, you're like, "God, golly, we're gonna make it home. We got this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will push through. To, no more bathroom how breaks. Tired you are. You're going, man." Yep, exactly. So, yeah, I can understand his frustration of like, we're so close. We are so close. We're like, we're in the state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but Al- Eric apparently only has the hotel room. So that way he can get ready for his date, which, again, mm-hmm. why are you going on a date with a girl when you're three hours away from home? Um, but apparently he puts coins in the bed and it starts shaking and better. Corey is willing to accept it a little. <laughs> yeah. So more merchandising with his sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Uh, Corey is trying to say, Hey man, I got stuff I need to get back to. I got school. I got Topanga. I got Sean. Like I have a life waiting back for me and, Eric's kind of just like, well, that's nice, but I don't. He's like, if you want to head back right away, go hop on a bus. Mm -hmm. Which three hours in a car is much different than three hours away that you need to get on a bus to get there. I know that for a fact. Oh, yeah. (sighs) So apparently Eric has decided he doesn't want to go back home. Yep. Yeah, he is just, he feels like there's little waiting there for him to get home, and he's grasping at anything and everything that'll make him feel better or even just in control of his life. Yeah. Now, Brett, okay, here is the part that we really need to discuss because I feel like we don't really have a great sense of the timeline in this episode. Like, everything with Corey and Eric stopping feels like it's all happening very rapidly, very quickly, you know? And Mm -hmm. 
when he's actually going on the date we don't fully know but it feels like we're like at like mid part of the day ish but alan and amy's award was like towards the evening but it could have been a little earlier since it was the grossies but like I don't know. The way this episode goes and flows just feels off, especially being three hours away. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, they play, especially at the end, they play a little fast and loose with time if they want to keep it all in the same day. Um, but there, it is really compressed here. Yeah. I mean, I could see it being a two-day thing of mm-hmm. they go to sleep, and Corey is like, I'm done. I'm going home now. Like, I've slept here. I shouldn't have. And now I want to go home. Um, to which now they're trying to get him back. But also it could make sense, I guess, if they're at a place that they're up a little later. And that's all part of it, too. And that's when Alan is gets there and takes him back. So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All of it feels complicated. And... We just need to get through this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Eric starts to explain uh, that he's a loser back home and this is a place that he can be somebody and he feels happy here. And Corey's trying to help him realize that like you're just you you're kind of falling off the path and you've pulled over on the side of the road, but you need to get back on the road and mom and dad. And Morgan are waiting for us, and people want to see you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, nope, I'm done. And uh, Corey apparently uh, is interested in taking the keys, Brett. Yep, he's just going to take the keys. He's going to drive himself back home. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. what's Loris going to happen? He's going to drive into the world's. Uh, <laughs> What's, largest what's, what's slurpee largest slurpee yes <laughs> i have to say um uh, cory loses a little bit of his respect there when he falls for the oldest trick of let me at least make sure you've got the right keys yeah <laughs> it's the naivety of having big brother i'd say honestly yeah you had us going in the first half (laughs) yeah but again irene pops up and is surprised that he's still there so either this is right after their date and she thought he was gonna bolt immediately or it's the next day and we still don't know what the timeline is but uh yeah Uh, apparently Corey is ready to go regardless (laughs) He is. And I do believe that Eric genuinely likes Irene, that she, yeah. he, he keeps describing this as, you know, Corey uses this analogy of pulling off to the side of the road. And Eric talks about it being his exit. And I, you know, I do believe that Eric sees Irene as potentially being a big part of his life of pulling off to the side of the road here as part of his exit here. Um, you know, mm-hmm. that it's not just an act that he was putting on. He wasn't just putting moves on her, but he sees a bigger a bigger role for her here. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, she is adorable. And why wouldn't you want to go on a date with her? But on the same token, he needs to get home. Mm-hmm. 
I do love how after he gets the keys, Corey says, you can take the keys, but you can't take me freedom. Well, you can take the keys, Eric, but you can't take my freedom. <laughs> yeah, a little brave heart up in here. Oh, yes. It was 1996. <laughs> yep. Uh, so he, he walks out and he just goes, don't worry. No one's going to pick him up. Why? Because everyone in town is here. <laughs> Which I can believe. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Pottstown. It's a small town. But... <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll come back to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But let's talk more about Alan. Yeah, no, sorry. I was going through the dialogue, and, I, and sometimes this thing doesn't always make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, but yeah, no, they're in the back, which I, I often tend to think that their backyard, their patio is kind of like their area to be together and not so much worry about where the kids are and everything. But uh, apparently, uh, Alan has decided that he wants to blame Amy. <laughs> <laughs> she's like what I blame you and the 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 <laughs> yeah the kids yeah the kids mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like he says uh i was just a bag boy who didn't have enough sense to leave and now and that's what i am for the rest of my life um, you know, and Amy's trying to tell him, you know, you're not just this. And so often in the show, they talk about the fact of you're not just a grocer. You're not just your job. You are an incredible dad. Like you are a really good husband. And you're a lot of these things that most of the other parents aren't around us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's almost like she's trying to ha- do those like those roundups you know at the end she's trying to get there now (laughs) we have one of my favorite uh moments in the entire show is they just kind of just start looking up brett and they're just (laughs) (sighs) and just george walks out not feeny george and Mm -hmm. uh he sees that they're looking up not saying oh hey george because they always greet him and so he's kind of looking up, and then he opens the gate, and he looks up again, and comes and sits right back down beside them in their area. And he's looking up, and he's like, what the hell are we looking at? I love it. Uh, and... From that point on, it is a phenomenal. I, I love the way that he leads into that. It's it's just fantastic. It's it's something you never get from from Feeny to Eric or Feeny to Corey. It is a perfect George to Alan and Amy moment. And mm-hmm. the everything he has after that, I clipped it for us to watch because yes. I, don't, I don't think that we could do. I don't think we could do it justice. Seriously, George, I mean, you've been a teacher all your life. Do you still enjoy getting up in the morning? Oh, Alan. It would be very easy for me to tell you that I have dedicated the last 38 years to several thousand young minds, and that is my chief joy and reason for getting up in the morning. Except it isn't. I teach because I like it, and because it's fun for me. Ah, but when it stops being fun? 
Well, then, I suppose I would look to my family and friends for support to help me find something new. Well, thank you, George. You've taught me something. And it was fun for me. <laughs> I think what I, I like about this, Brett, is he's just kind of saying to him as best as he can, listen, if you don't like what you're doing, talk to the people that love you and work it out with them. Mm -hmm. And maybe they can help you figure out something new. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he's, he's blunt with them. Like, you know, this, it's not the chief end of what I do. It's not all of what I do. It's not everything I do. It's, I do it because I enjoy it. I do it because it's fun for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's just, it's a very, it's very brief but it's a very real moment between George and Alan where, you know, there's, there's no pretense there. It's just mm -hmm. one man struggling with his way in the world, talking to another one who's, who's found his way in the world. Yeah. I, I just, I like that we get that moment too of, I like it cause it's fun for me. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it because I get something from this. It's not just about, molding the minds of teenagers and students it's i enjoy teaching yep and because i still enjoy it i'm gonna keep doing it mm -hmm. and she love that little moment and it was fun for me and it was fun for me ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes <yeah>, so <laughs> we do get another fun little bit brett uh, with Corey trying to walk down the road and uh, I'm going to say a farmer I'm not going to say it's an Amish man because I don't from the Amish that I know of Brett and there's <laughs> several groupings around us in, in where I live these people don't act like them they don't have the right buggy they don't it does it's not also, for lack of a better wording, I've never seen a Amish grouping ever stop for anyone to say, do you need help? <laughs> so yes. I'm going to say this is a farmer who just enjoys taking his horse and letting the horse take him around instead of firing up a vehicle or firing up a tractor. He's just like, hey, I got a horse. I'll get over there. It's a nice night. I'll, I'll get the horse some exercise. This is what I'm doing. <sighs> so, Brett... We come to one of my favorite scenes, as I was saying. <laughs> and I will say, this and is uh, this this is a Hollywood version of an Amish farmer because he is credited as Amish farmer. <laughs> yeah, is, I just, uh, yeah, I don't accept it. I don't. I can't. And yeah. I also understand that that uh, there are some people out there who can't grow beards, but. I have yet to meet an Amish man who can't grow a beard, at least some form of a beard. I can't say I've met one that has that can't either. But uh, this yeah. is Dick Van Patten, first and only time we'll ever see him on Boy Meets World. Sadly, he passed away in 2015. 164 acting credits on his resume. 
saw them in movies like Spaceballs, TV shows like Rawhide, I Dream of Genie, Sanford and Son, Happy Days, Eight is Enough, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, Lois and Clark, New Adventures of Superman, Family Guy, Seventh Heaven, That 70s Show, and a whole lot more. Seventh Heaven. When I see their happy faces, smiling, smiling back, back at me, at me. <laughs> where will you go? You go <laughs> when the world don't treat you right. Uh, we gotta have a new song to sing to now that uh, we're losing the step by step. Yeah, we're losing all the step by step crossover. <laughs> we we literally went from like every episode. It was like, oh, this person's also on step by step, and now it's nothing. So we gotta find something yeah. new to sing to. <laughs> The yeah, answer no. so, is home. No, I get that this is the Hollywood version of what an Amish person is, but <laughs> interacting with enough Amish people and being in a community that's so close to them, I can tell you right now, that's nowhere near what an Amish person is. Yeah. Yeah. I Definitely mean, West Coast version of what a rural Pennsylvania I, I, Hollywood or Amish man would do. <laughs> this could be a Mennonite. I believe that. I've also seen those communities. They're a little more welcoming than the Amish are. Probably um, be driving not, a 15 not passenger speak, van or station wagon, though. Yeah, not to speak ill of the Amish, but they're not the most welcoming of people. I know that for sure. Um, <laughs> I used to drive a bus, and they'd get on and ride, and they were by far the most rudest people I'd ever have on the bus. So uh, some of them weren't bad, but most of them were so understand that i've had quite interact enough interactions that i'm comfortable saying i don't, I don't care for the amish and they're never going to hear <laughs> about this and never going to know so who cares uh yes the odds are they're yes. not among the good looking people listening to us right now <laughs> yes but uh yeah so i'm gonna say the farmer uh a nice kind farmer pulls over and says oh young man where are you going <laughs> philadelphia oh well, I'm going to that farmhouse up there. That farmhouse oh. over there. <laughs> yes. It's like, but I need to get to Philadelphia. Well, I can take you as far as that farmhouse over there. Over there. <laughs> it's a fun runner. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, where does it say? Yes. <laughs> that is true. But uh, my intent was just, and my heart is pure. <laughs> That look he kind of throws him just before he goes off. It's just it sells mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Again, also does me no good. <laughs> also does me no good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. But I do love that they're back at the diner and Corey just ends up sitting by that one guy. He's like, I was three hours away from home. Oh, yes. Phil. I got to share about Phil because we're going to see yes. Phil a few more times. Please uh, do. This character is Phil. He's played by Phil Leeds. And this is the first of three times we'll see him on Boy Meets World. Not the same character. He will be play three different characters. Uh, sadly, he passed away in 1998. Uh, 120 credits on his resume. The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Monkees, The Odd Couple, Happy Days, Kojak, Starsky and Hutch, All in the Family, Three's Company, Cagney and Lacey, Alf, Coach, Ghost. Golden Girls, Night Court, Friends, Roseanne, Everybody Loves Raymond, and a whole lot more. And now I want so, pie. 
I got to say, I uh, my wife has gotten me on the kick of watching uh, TikToks, but I also I'll see like on Facebook they'll have those shorts and uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. So I never know where I see stuff anymore. But um, a celebrity Jeopardy popped up, and it was like Ray Romano's family versus Brad. I can't remember his last name, but um, the guy who played Ray Romano's brother on Everyone Loves Raymond. Oh, yeah, Brad Brad Garrett. Yeah, so they were. It was like I only saw a few seconds of it. basically Ray Romano was like, "Yeah, I'm happy to see everybody except for him." He was like, "What?" <laughs> and he's like, "Well, you know, when you have to carry a show and you realize you get everything that that person has over there, you gave them." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You know, you love me." <laughs> Oh, goodness. So some of the things you end up finding on the internet is ridiculous. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone loves Raymond. <laughs> that was an interesting show. I bet you they got more than 13 million viewers on a night. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Eric was describing when he was going through Texas and seeing all these signs about world's best chili and how he got. Oh, excuse me. I was getting closer and closer, and eventually, once he was so close, he went, I gotta have this chili, and he's like, that's what you guys mm-hmm. should do here. Like, yeah, but it's pie. <laughs> and again, uh, but this I, is, Irene's, Irene's got the message there. <laughs> yeah, Irene's gets it, but like, this feels like we're talking down to people in rural areas. Like, It does. I live in a yeah. rural area. There's not this many dumb people here. <laughs> and it's like, yes, from the Hollywood elites, it makes sense of if you live in an area that's mostly full of farm towns and farm people, they're going to be dumb. Like, no. It's just a simpler area, a simpler place. We got a Walmart. <laughs> we can read us some good books. Yeah, we got books. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just those little things. <sighs> but uh, where are we at? Now I'm getting confused. Yeah, but Corey also was just getting into the pie and the food and enjoying it and realizing that he could get stuck here, too, if he's not careful. Yeah. (laughs) But Eric here, Eric's a loser at home. But here, a loser just couldn't get into college. But here, he could be king. The Prince of Sprinkle Land. (laughs) So Corey's finally going to call home and tell mom and dad what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Apparently, uh, dad pops up right here at this moment. And that's where the whole, when is this whole timeline happening? Uh, really curious. But either way, Alan shows up because Alan needs to show up because this is the time that dad needs to show up. Yeah. Uh, it's like how and, Corey's like, don't eat the pie. You'll never leave. And I will say all credit to Alan because as much as we know of his, his temper and what he how he tends to respond when his kids have done something dumb, he comes in pretty well balanced with what he could be coming in. Like when Eric has decided to not come home with Corey 
and just well, you had a three-hour car ride to cool down, <laughs> <laughs> or a three-hour car ride to really get riled up. It's true, but <laughs> I can imagine for two hours he was fuming, but then for that last hour he finally mellowed out, and now he's ready to listen. <laughs> Uh, yes, but I like how he stopped at the other world's largest yogurt cup in Berlick and got some got some nice calming pie there. Yeah, but I like how he's like, "Hey, let's talk in private," and they go sit in the booth, literally right next to where he was just two <laughs> seconds ago. Yeah, and I really liked I really liked what Alan had to say to Eric too, and I clipped a lot of what he had to say to Eric in the booth there. Oh, good. Everything I've done up until now has been a waste, and it's just too late to change who I am. Uh-huh. See, I knew you wouldn't understand. Hey, no, 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 no. Listen, this is something I understand real well. I mean, it's very easy to find some place that's comfortable and just stay there. Now, what's wrong with being comfortable? I mean, I think I could do pretty well settling in a place like this. But that's it, Eric. That's all you'd be doing, just settling. And over the years, you try and convince yourself that that's the life you really wanted, but you don't. I mean, you just stumbled into it, and, and you never love it. And one day, you'll realize that all you've done is settle. And you will not like yourself for that. I don't like myself now, Dad. What am I even going home to? To the support of your family and friends who will help you find what you really want. It's really nice when advice that you've received from someone can dovetail into advice you need to give to someone else. When you're when Alan is going through something that his own son is going through and he can walk through that and understand it the same way that Eric is understanding it. Yeah. Well, and I think that word settle just gets thrown around way too quickly. <clears throat> like, mm -hmm. you know, about settling for a person, settling for, you know, Mr. Right and all that jazz and settling into a job. But there is a part of settling that's not like just going, well, this is good enough, but saying this is where I'm happy. This is where I'm good. Mm -hmm. This is where we're content. Um, you know, my wife and I chose to move back to our little small town, our rural little area. And we understood when we made that choice that, you know, we're not going to have as many advantages and, and have things around us that we used to have, but we were comfortable with that. Um, for us, moving back to our little podunk town wasn't a settling for, well, we couldn't make it in the big city. So now we're moving back. It's, gosh, wouldn't it be nice if we were just with our family and felt loved and felt support around us? So, you know, settling is not always necessarily a bad thing, but in the context of what mm -hmm. Eric is trying to do, it is a bad thing. And what Alan did is a bad thing. You know? But there's also a whole... I think Alan's a part of that generation of you buckled down, you did a job, even if you didn't love it, because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and I think he's trying to help his sons, especially Eric, to know that you don't have to settle into a career, into a, a job you mm -hmm. don't want to be in. 
Yeah, there's a lot of times throughout the series that we'll see Alan want to help his boys avoid the same mistakes he made growing up. Yep. And this is another instance of that, where even though it's not said explicitly, we can see it through the performance and through the dialogue that's chosen that he wants to help Eric avoid this mistake of what he's viewed as settling for him. Mm -hmm. And wants to help him avoid the mistake that he sees that he's made so that he doesn't have to go through some of the same things that he went through himself. Yeah. But, you know, I love that Alan's not trying to pull him away immediately and kind of just trying to talk it out with him. And um, clearly it works because Al Eric and Corey do leave. How all that went down, who knows? But because mm -hmm. um, we cut to end credits where uh, the boys are apparently upstairs. Weird. I mean, that's the only reason why I think maybe Alan had them drive through the night to get home. And so they got home got to sleep for a little bit and then Sean and Topanga showed up first thing in the morning. Um, mm -hmm. But just really weird moment where Sean's like, yeah, my best friend hasn't seen me all summer. He's barely <laughs> going to have a moment for you. And then of course he, Corey pops down and Sean and Corey are so excited to see each other. And Corey ducks away from him, goes over and starts making out with Topanga in his parents' uh, kitchen. Sean is looking at him very weirdly, very uncomfortably, and they're having a conversation. Good summer, great summer. <laughs> lots of stories, lots of stories. Yeah. You missed me, I missed you. Still best friends, the best ever work. <laughs> Just... Just real indicative. <laughs> yeah, just real indicative of what this season is going to be like with this this trio. <coughs> so, yeah. Uncomfortable, weird, but we get the point across, Brett. Yes. <laughs> and that is our episode. Yep, that's our season opener to uh, season four. Yes. So I believe that uh, you hinted at some deep dives. You got some more for us? Yeah, unfortunately. People, 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 people. Am I the only one who read the summer reading list? So I mentioned before about Pottstown. Uh, it is 51 minutes away or 40 one mile drive to fill downtown Philadelphia. All these are downtown Philadelphia. Um, Cause I didn't realize that Roxborough was a thing until you mentioned it to me. Uh, state college, which is where Penn state is located. It is basically right in the middle of the, of uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, that is three hours and 11 minutes away or 192 miles. Oh, excuse me. So all the stuff about the sprinkle parade and the uh, yoga cup, all that is baloney. None of that is real. None of that is part of Pennsylvania. Sorry <laughs> for anyone who was hoping that was a thing. It's not. Um, so... Uh, Berwick, again, not a real place, but Berwick is, and it's about two hours and four minutes away, or 124 miles. Uh, to say, uh, Demin and Und 
Herren is German for ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I noticed that this season has a little bit more of a German slash uh, Netherland uh, Dutch vibe to it. I think they're trying to get a little more Pennsylvanian without realizing what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there is actually a... I did look up and there are some grocery uh, awards, like national awards. Uh, one of them is the NGA or the National Grocers Association and they give out yearly awards. So... Um, didn't say anything about like manager of the year, but uh, it doesn't mean that there isn't that exactly. But I just wasn't finding anything in particular of specifically like a grocery and all that jazz. But it feels like it's something that they did in their company. But mm-hmm. um, they mention the White House, Brett, uh, in the beginning. Uh, the White House. It's uh been located at six. It's located at sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue, in Washington D.C. It's been the resident of every Pen- of a U.S. president since John Adams, in eighteen hundred, uh, when the capital was moved uh, from Philadelphia. The term White House is often ref- uh, used as a momentum for the president and his advisors. Um, have you done the White House tour? I have not been able to, no. Ooh. Uh, I did it in, here is that, 2015? Yes. Uh, the wife and I went, it was like January, <laughs> we went to D.C. <laughs> not a great idea, but, you know, it's what we did. Uh, but yeah, we did the White House tour, and that was kind of fun, and uh, you didn't really see all of the White House. You only saw certain sections of it. Um, but from the stuff that we saw, it was kind of cool and um, just interesting because some of the locations you got to be around is areas where they'll do press conferences. And uh, it really made me think about the night when uh, we got Bin Laden, honestly. I was like, huh, I remember this from that night. <laughs> so... <laughs> interesting stuff uh the old white house and all the things that go along with it there's literally way too much information about the white house to cover it all right right here all you really need to know is it's the place where every single president is supposed to stay and live and that's where his people are and it's a really important uh monument in our country if you live in the united states that is so uh also I couldn't get an information on in the 90s on what you were required to do in order to go. If you want to go to the White House today, you have to contact your representative and they will help you get scheduled uh, for a tour at the White House and also the Capitol building. It has to come through your representative. It cannot be you alone signing up for it. Mm-hmm. So just a small little tidbit. Uh, they mentioned the Kennedy Space Program or the Kennedy Space Center um, is located in Marriott Island in Florida. It's one of the national, uh, it's one of the NASA's uh, 10 field centers. Uh, it's been there since 1968. 
uh, is a primary launch center for human spaceflight research and technology, uh, launch operations for the Apollo, Skylab, and space shuttle programs were carried out from the Kennedy uh, Space Center launch complex and complex 39 and managed by KSC. Interesting. Um, I will say that Alan does mention him going to Florida. And so the Kennedy Space Center would be the area that he went to with his mom. Not that she's ever mentioned again. Um, <laughs> yeah. So named after President John F. Kennedy, of course. Apparently it's staffed by roughly 13,000 people. So interesting stuff. Um, I don't know. I went there as a kid once upon a time, but I don't rem remember it. But I have pictures of me being there. Uh, they also mentioned uh, Mount Rushmore, uh, which is national monument uh, with uh, sculpture heads of several presidents from the past. Um, oh, gosh. The heads include George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. Uh, chosen, uh, chosen to represent the nation's birth, growth, development, and preservation, respectively. Uh, Rushmore attracts more than 2 million visitors annually to the um, uh, Memorial Park, which covers uh, 1,278 acres. Um, basically, if you don't know, uh, in 1925, uh, they began sculpting a, uh, monument to presidents, uh, the ones I just mentioned. And so their face were carved in the side of a mountain. And the original plan, as I understand it, was to have the whole entire bodies of said presidents but uh they only got to the heads and then the guy who was doing the main sculpting and head of the project died and so they just kind of stopped and all of the rubble that is down at the bottom of it was just stuff that they had knocked down and they were supposed to clean it up and they didn't so <laughs> it is what it is <laughs> there you go yeah, but you can go visit there and there are tours inside you can do I guess but I've not been there and I have no idea if I'll ever make it and I don't know if it matters but uh, yeah <laughs> the thing I think that's so interesting about this whole endeavor Brett is they make it very clear that in the two months they make it around the state or like the whole country I'm sorry like they go around all 48 states that are in in connection with each other and the problem with that is there's not a good loop to do that um you can make a giant loop but even if you do like i was mapping out doing a, a loop of the country um and it's over 7545 miles and it's about 113 miles or hours of driving but still, even in those calculations I was doing where you were hitting the areas that they talked about hitting, but then also like the distance of driving in between all that, you're still missing 
Kentucky, Tennessee, West Virginia, Mississippi, Kansas, Colorado, Utah, Wyoming, uh, Nebraska, Arkansas, Oklahoma, New York, um, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Vermont, New Hampshire, uh, Massachusetts and Maine. So unless, and this is the problem I know for me when thinking about like doing a cross country trip is like, you almost have to commit to going up North first and then coming down. Because if you don't, you're going to miss several States. (laughs) Um, There's not really a good way for someone in Pennsylvania to start the journey without going up and around first um, mm-hmm. or kind of going like in a diagonal zigzagging through the country. So there's not, I mean, I know that people have done it before, but for a high schooler and a recent graduate, could they have done it and they hit all the 48 States and all that jazz? Who is to say Brett really? Not likely, but, but can't say with 100% certainty, no. <laughs> yeah. How many times did that beater car fall apart, Brett? That's what I want to know. How many times <laughs> did that thing stop? She goes like the wind downhill. <laughs> exactly. Well, Brett, those are the deep dives. All right. And let's talk about what we learned. You know anything about the Odyssey? Huh? Did I say you could talk? I didn't teach you that. My friend Mr. Matthews will lead the discussion. Do I have to draw you a picture? (laughs) So, Tyler, what did you learn from our season premiere? Oh. I think what I took away from it, Brett, is there's nothing wrong with questioning where you are. And, and leaning on your loved ones and the people that you care about to to confirm where you are and get permission for, is it okay if I'm not happy and, and what can I do with this? Right. Yeah. I uh, was reminded to be ready to counsel your kids through setbacks that will impact their feelings of purpose and even their sense of identity that life's going to throw them curveballs, and i myself need to be ready to walk with them through all these curveballs remind them of who they are what they're here for and that they're not the sum total of their profession their educational status what whatever they've chosen to to do that, that that's not who they are yeah That's a very different role as a father than it is as someone who's trying to make those steps on their own. Yeah. Well, and I got to say, one of the things I like about the parenting in this season is like Eric and Corey are almost seeking out a little bit more of their parents' guidance. So it's not always so much of are they going to catch them or not. It's, hey, I got this issue and I need your help. Yeah, they're they're coming to see them more as an actual resource than something to be avoided. Mm-hmm. Not just go. Oh, what do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get one over on Brett, the old guy. 
<laughs> what would you grade this episode? Uh, let's I'm see. Right. No, you're exactly right. So am I done with my education? Can I go? I gave this one an A. Um, Ooh, yeah, there's interesting. There's there's some. Yeah, the time compression is is it gets weird, but in my head I can make it work. If if you if they're <clears throat> if the award ceremony is early enough in the evening, you know we're talking like a six o'clock dinner that's over by eight. I can make stuff work in my head. Yeah. Some of the other stuff, you know, it's it's little stuff I can I can look past. But the meat and the hook of it with being Eric and Alan on such mirroring tracks of falling into this, I settle or I am going to settle and having Ooh. this, this same type of, you know, generations apart, but hitting the same type of learning that they need to do. One with the, the wisdom and the knowledge to impart upon his son and one cool. who needs to learn from his father. And Alan himself being able to learn in his own way. Just the, the, the poetry of that is just, it, it speaks to me, yep. both as a father and as just, just as a viewer. Um, so for me, it's an A. That's fair. What about you? Um, well, I was thinking originally about a C plus, but I'm gonna give it a B minus. Mm -hmm. um, this is a really good episode, and I do love this episode. Uh, I love Corey being grumpy. <laughs> I love <laughs> that Eric is going through a crisis. Uh, I think it's just. It's honestly probably has more to do with the writers not having a clue about Pennsylvania. <laughs> That's really bugging me this episode. <laughs> and also just like the way that they talk down of rural people. Um, rural people are my people. And uh, there's a lot of smart people I know who live in Podunk, Pennsylvania and mm -hmm. are good people. Um also, you really need to meet an Amish person, people from California, because you would <laughs> think differently if you actually met them. So, okay, Amish people are not bad people, okay? They're not bad. They're just, <laughs> they're not the wholesome people that uh, I think Hollywood tries to portray, you know? There's a subtitle so. for this episode Amish people are not bad people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I can't go any higher than a B minus at this point. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. Very fair. <sighs> so, Brett, do you want a dad joke? I would love a dad joke. All right. We're hitting that point now where I can't remember what jokes you've told or what jokes <laughs> I've told. So if yes. we've repeated jokes, let me know. But uh, I found this one. I like it. So let's go for it. What do you call an angry carrot? An angry carrot. What do you call an angry carrot? A steamed vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, righty. And with that, Brett, it's officially been an episode. This Dad has been world. an episode. <laughs> 
Well, good-looking people, you can find us at all the same places you always find us at on social media, at Dad's Meat World, across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, slash X, uh, TikTok. Uh, interact with us there. We love you there. Uh, TikTok has been the most popular, at least as far as the people actually view us. Um, Weird. Yeah, as far as interacting with us, I think Facebook probably has the most action there. I don't know. Yeah. That could yeah. just be us. Let us know what you think. Stuff. Leave us a review. We'll read it here. Right yes, now. Yes, leave us we'll a read review them. and we will read it. And uh, leave us a five-star rating if you think we deserve it. And, uh, yeah, that's the great, the easiest way, the, the cheapest, most no cost to you to share the love of Dad's Meat World. And if you if you wanna if you wanna invest a little money, you can always visit dazmeatworld.threadless.com and pick yeah. up a shirt, a shirt or a sticker or a magnet or something with uh, or our lovely mugs on it or a hoodie, just like this one. <laughs> yeah, I like that one. Yeah, it's very yeah. comfy. I've had this for over a year now, and this thing is very cozy. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, Brett, it's always wonderful seeing your beautiful face. Good looking people. We'll see you next time. That's right. Until next time, good looking. I'll see ya. You know, how can I learn so much every week and still be so stupid? Dad's Meat World is a production of Head First Studios. Head First Studios. Tell your story.